It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus today in Orlando. Florida, and we are broadcasting at the Alpha Tau Omega National Convention in front of this live studio audience. All right. That is great. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. We're at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando for the ATO Congress. They hold this convention every two years to get together to talk about leadership and how to uh, be better men and how to learn uh, how to uh, get along with everybody better. And what else do you learn here? Uh, learn a lot. Uh, basically about how to improve your chapter, how to grow the men around you. Grow the men around you. That's fantastic to hear that there are initiatives out there for, for young men across the country to, to better themselves. And uh, what better way to bring on our first guest, Wade Rigel. Regal. Regal, I'm sorry. I said I was bragging earlier. I could say it right. I just said it wrong. Okay, Wade Regal yep. is uh, an ATO member from? Nebraska. University of Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Yep. Tell me real quick about those football games. That's a huge stadium, a lot of fun. I know they're, sometimes their spring football game has more people in it than the average fall stadium. Uh, I think the city of Lincoln just blows up during game day. Like you can't walk down to town and not see a stream of red just flowing towards the stadium. So the atmosphere is great. I love it. Do you have season tickets? or how, Just curious, how does, uh, I went to a school that's uh, having some trouble with football right now, Purdue. Uh, but in Nebraska, it's one of those schools that's sold out or every game sold out. Do you have tickets? What was the process for you to get tickets? Or if you don't go, how do you get tickets? Student tickets sell out pretty quick. So sometime during the summer, I think it's May, June. You know, you apply right online, you get them right away. You make sure you know the date so you can get it in the first couple of days. Otherwise, you won't get it at all. Do you paint your face, wear the corn on your head? Um, I'm not quite that into it. I don't show up early because to do that, you have to show up about 7 a.m. at a 2, 2 p.m. game. So I'm not quite that committed at it. Okay, but. let's see how smart you are. How many of you and your friends does it take to spell corn huskers on your stomachs? Oh. I don't know either. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Okay, so uh, Wade is here to actually not talk about football. We're, we're here to talk about uh, service projects and community service. And uh, what do you guys do on campus at the University of Nebraska? Um, we do a couple events. We do a Tau Tee-Off event, and then we do ATO Softball. But we had a big event uh, this past spring semester that was really just we found a local family and we helped them out. Okay, that's the first event you were talking about? You uh, help out a local family with uh, just daily chores and shopping and going to the store, or did you build them a house? Well, actually, it was outside of uh, philanthropy, official philanthropy events. We heard of a little boy named Jackson who has PMD. It's a physical disability but not a mental disability. So he's eight years old, and he's watching all these his friends around him grow up, do all these awesome things, ride their bikes. And he understands that he's not able to do those things, but he tries. And his family recently uh, was in a social media contest, and there are some famous Vine stars from Omaha who shared him on that. And so out of 2,000 applicants, he rose up to be eighth in the competition, but he wasn't able to win the adaptive bike that his family needed. There's a lot of hype behind it. He got excited about it. And so we found out about that, and we went into that moment. And we didn't have a philanthropy set up, and it wouldn't, wouldn't be quick enough. So as a chapter, we just kind of got together, told the story, and we all donated personal funds to raise this special adaptive bike he needed that was too pricey for the family. Yeah. And so we donated it to him and the family, and the community's response was great. You know, they threw us a school, they threw a school assembly of us giving Jackson the bike. We surprised him at school. 
And like the look on his face, it was on the news. And like I still, every now and then, a couple weeks, I'll go through and I'll watch the video on the news. Because like it's, I don't know, it gets me right here. It sounds corny. No, it doesn't at all. You know, now that we, I just pulled you up. I didn't even know who you were or what campus you were on, but I follow these stories nationally. And this is a great story. I completely remember when this hit. I've got some chills right now thinking about it. Uh, again, just to let you guys know and our listeners at home, um, a special bike was needed by this young man to get out and be active. He did not win that bike through a contest that his family entered. So the ATOs at the University of Nebraska took it upon themselves to go get that bike for this young man. Outside of any normal fraternity philanthropy they already had going on. They went out on their own, emptied their pockets, and bought this special bike for this kid. That, and, and it is worth Googling. Look it up. Just go to ATO Nebraska um, bike. That's all you have to Google. And I guarantee you this story will come up and it'll, it'll touch your heart. It's the coolest thing. Okay, real quick before you go, what was the second initiative you were talking about? Uh, tau tee off. The, oh, no, softball. Oh, the softball. softball. Yep, we do an ATO softball event. So that's when we basically bring in sororities and they're playing a softball tournament. So it's competition among them, gets them out and active. And then we also have some of our members acting as coaches. And so they pay for the event. We get sponsors for the event as well. So it's a fun little tournament on campus. Uh, you get to meet some of the sorority women and at the same time just have a lot of fun. You had me at meet the sorority women. That's uh, anytime uh, you do that uh, for a great cause, it's, uh, you win across the board. Okay. Uh, Wade, I can't thank you enough for sharing those stories with us. Let's have a round of applause for Wade and for everybody here at the ATO Congress National Convention in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for having me. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And the show rolls on with a special guest, the head coach of Eastern Kentucky football. This is Coach Dean Hood. Hi, Dean. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Adam? I am uh, fantastic, and I want to thank you for your hospitality. I, I got to hang out with your players today here in Richmond, Kentucky, and here's some of the initiatives going on. We talked with a player about working uh, with an orphanage in uh, Haiti, and I also uh, had my interest um, tweaked and piqued by you as you talked about the authentic man. Did I say that right? Is that yeah. one of your initiatives? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's our number one initiative. I mean, our goal here is to win championships. There's no question about that. But our purpose as a coaching staff is to use football as a platform to help these guys reach authentic manhood. And uh, not to uh, let too many cats out of the bag, but you did mention, and I totally agree with you, that there's a lot of problems in our country um, that are, I guess, born from the fact that there are a lot of men out there that aren't being gentlemen, they're not being great dads, they're not being um, great citizens in their community. So if we can get that message across to young men across the country, uh, that'll make everybody's life better. Yeah, no question. I mean, you, you fix the man, you fix the world. And so, uh, you know, that's one of our, uh, I mean, that is our number one purpose is to help these guys, you know, someday be a good husband, a good dad, a good neighbor, a leader in this community. That's, you know, really important to us. And that's our number one, you know, purpose as football coaches. And you've been coaching here how many years now? 2008 was our first season. Okay, so that's you've got several seasons under your belt. And when yeah. you talk about uh, turning young boys into gentlemen, um, let me just put you on the spot, top of your head. Uh, give us a success story of a guy who came through your program. Uh, maybe he's 30 years old now somewhere on the other side of the country. But uh, he exemplifies the authentic man. You know, that that is the – the reward, you know, it's it's not that a uh, guy went on to play in the NFL, though we're proud of those kids. It's not, you know, our record. It's not the scoreboard. 
it's when we get that that letter in the mail, you know, that phone call, uh, that hey coach, you know, the uh, Song of Solomon retreat that we went on, you know, and I wrote that letter talking about how from this point on I'm going to stay sexually pure until my wedding night, and then handing that to my, you know, bride and coach that meant so much to her, and you know that that's, you know, that's a powerful thing when you get things like that back or somebody talking about how they're using our core values and you know, we had we had uh, one of our young men talk about how he's using one of his core values at at the business where he's at and, and he has all his employees you know memorize the core values like we did here at Eastern or do our mental training program you know which is part of our character development here and talk about um, I'm doing that at, at work you know or doing that with their family you know there's a lot of kids that have uh, you know now gone on and they've got children of their own and and talk about how they're doing some of the things we did in the program with them that they're doing it with their own children now I've heard you mention uh, to your players about their character um, that you're not necessarily worried about it because that's how you recruit them you're looking for obviously good football players but even more so maybe you're looking for guys with with even better character um, how do you know which 17-year-old kid has that character? Do you look in their eyes? Are you psychic? I mean, is this a, a sixth sense? No, you, you don't know for sure. I mean, just like with a, you, you evaluate a young man as a football player and you think he's going to come and start for you or play as a sophomore or whatever. I mean, you're, you're, you investigate it, you know, you evaluate it, you do the best job you can, but you're still rolling the dice. And, and we miss, but we ask all the right questions. You know, our, our recruiting philosophy is CAF, character, academics, and football. And so we got a list of questions that we ask for each one of those categories. And we ask, you know, we ask the coach, we ask the principal, we ask the, the, the gal in the cafeteria, and, you know, we ask those character questions about that kid. And if there's any red flags, we go on to the next person. So we recruit character, academics, and football. And when they get here, we, we develop those. I think a lot of people drop the ball. You know, they, they recruit a good football player and a kid that maybe can handle college work, and then they get here, and he, he's got a program for lifting weights to get stronger. He's got, you know, drill work he does to be a better football player. He's got his, you know, Bratsky Center where he goes down and gets his study hall hours in. He's got tutors. He's got that. But in the area of character, you know, teams' programs are doing nothing. Well, you know, you, you showed us all the, all the clips, and you watch ESPN ticker. Guys aren't getting eliminated because they can't run fast or, uh, you know, they don't have technical skills or knowledge. They're getting eliminated because of character choices. So, you know, we're going to work on that every single day and have a, a plan and a program in place for it, just like we do with, you know, strength training or football or academics. Well, we like to, uh, on this show, you know, sports imitates real life. Uh, something you just said about talking to the lunch lady. I mean, you're recruiting a, a kid to play college football. You talk to the lunch lady. That jumped out at me. Uh, for the rest of us, uh, normal people that aren't playing college football, you've got to be on your toes and be a gentleman, be nice, be, uh, be Christ-like. Uh, when you are talking to anybody from your boss to the lunch lady because you never know who's going to go behind the scenes to find out about your character and talk to the lunch lady who's like, you know what, that guy is uh, so nice and, and well-loved by everybody, but he treats me like dirt. So you've got to be, you've got to have great character in every facet of your life, even when people aren't watching, because you never know who's going to follow up and find out that you're really a jerk to the lunch lady. Yeah. That could be a title of a book, Don't Be a Jerk to the Lunch Lady, <laughs> by Coach Dean Hood, Eastern <laughs> Kentucky Football. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll ghostwrite it with you, and we'll, right. we'll put that sucker well, out there on Amazon, see who yeah, buys it. Yeah, well, you put your name on it, I might sell a few books. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Dean Hood at Eastern Kentucky is our uh, guest, uh, the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Uh, what conference? 
We're in Ohio Valley Conference. Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, I love the stadium, big giant side, concrete. There's like a actual uh, rooms inside the – they use them as classrooms, right, inside the stadium? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've got all kinds of rooms over there that, you know, ROTC uses and several okay. other, you know, areas of the campus use that for, for classroom settings. And if you've been here since 08, you know, there's a level of success and um, – I guess job security, you know, so I don't know what, do you know what the average uh, tenure is for a head college football coach? I know. I, I, I don't know, but those two words don't go together. They don't job go together job security and college football no, coach. <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at the NFL players, it's three and a half years to play in the NFL, to be a head football coach in college. I don't know what it is, but you've yeah. had to exceed the average. Um, talk about some of the success you've had here at uh, Eastern Kentucky. We talked about the character. Now let's brag about a few guys that you've gotten to the NFL. Well, I mean, we've had a really storied uh, tradition here with guys in the NFL. Uh, you know, Roy Kidd, you know, I'm really standing on Roy Kidd's shoulders. You know, Roy Kidd's one of the winningest football coaches in the history of college football with over 300 wins. Uh, and, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky, we have more conference championships than any school in our conference. I think we're at 20 or 21, and I think the next closest school might be 9 or 10. Uh, you know, Coach Kidd won two national championships in the national championship game, you know, twice. Uh, you know, we've had guys that have been, uh, you know, first-round draft picks. We've had guys that have played. Uh, we've got a, got a, you know, a guy that played in the Colt, for the Colts there, Chad Bratsky, who our, who our academic center is named after. Chad Bratsky was a, you know, fifth-round pick by the Giants and then traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I, think, I think he finished second, you know, one year in sacks to a silly little guy named Reggie White, you know. So, you know, we've got guys got Super Bowl rings, you know, Myron Guyton, Danny Copeland. Uh, we got guys like John Jackson with the highest paid offensive lineman in, in football, you know, one year when he went from the Steelers to the to the Chargers, you know. So, I mean, we've got a ton of guys in the NFL, got current guys, you know, got uh, Derek Hardman, you know, right now is, is in a camp, Pat Ford's in camp, you know, mm -hmm. offensive two offensive linemen that we're real proud of. Uh, you know, and, and recent success uh, has not been as, as good as our, our overall success, but still since 2008 we've got more – conference wins in any school in our league and uh, and two championships to show for it so and our kids have done pretty well and and we got a real good group this year so we're looking forward to it that's fantastic to uh, hear from coach Dean Hood at Eastern Kentucky and I've got a guess I'm just going to take a guess since your uh, football knowledge puts you in the head coaching position you've had to have played and just judge our radio listeners can't see you, but uh, you're not exactly an offensive lineman size guy. <laughs> I'm going to guess you played defensive back uh, in the early 80s uh, in college. Yeah, pre pretty close. I was 80, uh, let's see, 86 was my last year playing. So I guess 82 in high school, 83 to 86, I played college. And I was, yeah, I was too, I was too, uh, too uh, small to play linebacker and I was, I was too slow to play you know, corner or half field safety. So they, I was a rolled down cover three strong safety at a division three school. Okay, and, great. And what college was that? Ohio Wesleyan. Ohio Wesleyan. All right. Yeah. And then, uh, so just curious now, um, after you get out of college, how'd your coaching career take you to Eastern Kentucky? Oh, just an amazing, you know, journey. Just blessed the people that I've been around. Just unreal, really. I, I, uh, you know, I've worked for uh, Rich Rodriguez. You know, before Rich Rodriguez was Rich Rodriguez at Glenville State College. Yeah, you know, in West was, Virginia. Yeah, he was the youngest head coach in America when he was at Salem, you know, college at, at 23 years old. I worked for him at Glenville, and 
um, you know, a couple stops before that, obviously, but get get too long-winded. Uh, but then, you know, went from there to here as an assistant for, for Roy Kidd and, uh, you know, legendary uh, even before he quit. I mean, there's not too many guys that have their facility named after him and they're still coaching. You know, that's mm -hmm. been Roy Kidd Stadium for a lot of years, and, and he was still coaching when it was named after him. The FCS Coach of the Year. I mean, in, in all of 1AA, all of FCS football, if you're the coach of the year, you, you get the Roy Kidd Award. You know, so I'll let you know, you know, his legend. Okay. And so I was an assistant coach for, for Coach Kidd, and then uh, I got on with Jim Grobe at Ohio University and, uh, and then followed Coach Grobe to Wake Forest. So you want to talk about three, uh, in my mind, greats in the business and learn different things from each one of them and all wonderful men. Uh, you know, I've been blessed and was with Coach Grove until 2008 and came, came back here as the head coach. He's an authentic man, Dean Hood, head coach, Eastern Kentucky football. Can't thank you enough for your time, and I want to wish you the best of luck here at Eastern Kentucky. Yep, thanks, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show, fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. All right, great stuff from Eastern Kentucky University. Thank you, Coach Hood. I'm Adam Ritz. We are rolling along now, and we're going to talk about education. I came across... Uh, a video series that's um, very touching, very powerful, very impactful called Statistics. And uh, there's a little play on words here with the way uh, statistics is spelled. It's CKS at the end like a stick, like a stick figure, because this video is uh, sort of animated and it follows the journey of two stick figures. They're children, they're best friends, they're four years old, and one of them knows how to read by kindergarten, the other one doesn't. And it shows uh, the percentages, the statistics of how those two people are going to grow up, what the uh, odds are that they're going to go to college or uh, even end up in prison. And uh, this video pieces. If you're in education, if you're a teacher, a principal, you need to watch this. I'm going to put a link to this uh, video, the latest uh, video released by the United Way of Greater Lafayette is up on YouTube. I'll put that link on our website, adamritzshow.com, adamritzshow.com. If you are into education, or even if you just uh, like to be inspired, um, and you realize and uh, value the importance of an education, you got to check this video out. Um, Outrigger 3 is the communications uh, company that works with the United Way to produce these videos uh, for United Way offices across the country. The latest one just came out in the greater Lafayette area. Very cool, very inspiring, very powerful. We'll put the link on the website, adamritzshow.com. It is statistics, and it is worth your time. Check it out. This is Coach Bill O'Brien, and you are listening to The Adam Rich Show. We're at Wabash College with our special guest, Dean Michael Raiders. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, and it's Dean, uh, Dean Raiders, and uh, we're here to talk about a Wabash College uh, philanthropy a fundraiser for Special Olympics and, and some of the things you do here on campus, and I'm pretty impressed that you are uh, not only the basketball referee for this charity, uh, but <laughs> that it, one of many. One of many. Uh, talk a little bit about this charity for Special Olympics okay. and what you guys do with this basketball game. Well, it's, a, it's an event sponsored by our Sigma Chi fraternity. It's their philanthropy event. We've got uh, nine national fraternities on campus now, and each of them has one special event per year. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a Sigma Chi, but I participate because each of those events, all of us chip in. We're a small enough place where everybody needs to participate. So the Sigma Chi's cannot run the quality 
uh, and the quantity of the games that they'd like to run without everybody pitching in. So, so yeah, so I, I volunteer to be a, a basketball official. Uh, you know, I can keep up with, with that pace uh, for, for those games. I couldn't do, you know, high school or college <laughs> games. But, but I can do these guys, and, and it, it's fun. And, uh, you know, our guys get a kick out of seeing me running around being an official and our director of safety and security uh, doing the same thing. And, and like I said, it's not just us. It's it's our students. It's it's uh, members of our community, college community, the Crawfordsville community. Everybody pitching in. So I'm assuming it's a basketball tournament. Uh, do these teams pay an, a fee to register, and then all that money goes to the Special Olympics? Uh, actually, it's the Special Olympians themselves that are playing. And so I don't know how the money works if there's even money exchanged. So it's it's we host uh, Special Olympics programs wow. from across the state. Uh, and they come here and have a, a day of, of tournament action as well as some skills competitions. And, and again, it's just it's a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic event to see the smiles on those those faces and and for me to see the smiles on our guys' faces, knowing that they're making a difference. Is there um, online pictures, any sort of video we can watch about that? YouTube or maybe a Facebook page? I would think our Sigma Chi chapter probably has photos of that and, and every year the, our website our college website will cover it uh, as far as live game action that's probably up to each individual team okay. that, to do that but uh, again it, it, it's, it's really neat it's, it's a fantastic cause it's a fantastic event and uh, we're more than happy to, to, to help out that's an amazing story so uh, we encourage you to google Sigma Chi Wabash College Special Olympics and you'll be able to find some footage on this our guest is Dean Michael Raiders at Wabash College and uh, I understand you actually used to be a baseball player here at Wabash College. I was back in the day. And how's that, I guess, dynamic help your job as dean of students now a few decades later that you were a student athlete actually at the same campus? I got to believe that there's not many deans of students across the country that played a sport at that same college that they're now the dean of students at. Uh, you know, I have no idea if that's the case, but it, it's very helpful in, in my work. I've, I can relate to my students. That, you know, it was a long time ago, but still long or recent enough for me to remember, uh, you know, those times. And um, so, you know, I know the pressures that they go through from the academic side, on the athletic side, from a recruiting perspective. Uh, you know, I, one of the things I'm proud of is we've got a relatively new baseball facility. I was able to help in that process and help design that. Uh, it's a completely different experience now than, than what it was when, you know, back in the day when we played in what was called Mud Hollow and it earned its name the uh -huh. right way or the wrong way. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's neat. It's a, it's a neat uh, situation to be in at, at my alma mater in this role, uh, and, and I do think it's helpful to be able to relate to the students. And before we let you go, i got to ask you this question. As dean of students, uh, Michael Raiders at Wabash College. Dean Raiders, what is your, I guess, favorite part of the film Animal House <laughs> concerning Dean Wormer? Maybe one of your favorite lines from Dean Wormer. Uh, none of it. I don't like any of it. <laughs> no, it's, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Blutarski, you have no grade point average. I've had to choke that line back a few times in, in my work. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the truth be told, that the, the word is, that that character was modeled after the dean of students at Dartmouth, who then later became the president at Wabash College. I'll be darned! Strange but true. Strange but true fact. That there is some amazing information that you only learn on the Adam Ridge Show. <laughs> That's right. Only here.
Well, I thank you for your time, and we wish you the best of luck with all your charities here on campus. Again, for more information, Google Wabash College, um, the Sigma Chi Special Olympics charity, and I know there's a lot of other stuff you do here on campus. Definitely worth a look online. Dean Michael Raiders, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social. Technically. Welcome back to the Adam Ritz Show. We thank you for hanging out with us. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Ritz, and we continue the show from Eugene, Oregon. I mean, this is God's country uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest. It's the University of Oregon, the Oregon Ducks, and we are at the Sigma Phi Epsilon chapter with philanthropy chairperson Matt Kearns. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I love your campus. I'm in love with the uh, Oregon Ducks. I've, I've been a fan of the football team since their resurgence into success in last couple of years and playing in the Rose Bowl. I'm a Big Ten guy, so I'm a big Rose Bowl oh, fan, and, uh, and now I'm happy to be on campus and learn more about uh, some of the philanthropy work you guys do as students. Uh, tell us what you have going on here at the uh, Chapter House uh, here at the University of Oregon. Well, every year we have our what we call our Freaky Frisbee tournament that we run um, for our philanthropy for cystic fibrosis. So in the fall, we're not doing it this term, but in the fall when we come back after summer, we're going to get get everything organized and uh, just have teams from Greek life and people who aren't a part of Greek life um, create teams and have an entry fee of, you know, whatever it is, $60, $70, and it'll go towards our, our cause and we'll create a nice little lump sum. That it goes towards good costs. Is that something that you've done every year with cystic fibrosis, the the frisbee tournament? Yeah, as far as the the guys that I know in the house that are older, um, that's that's been the the cause that it's gone to. They it might have been a different cause in the past, maybe ten years or something yeah. like that. But as far as my tenure, that's what it's been. So. And when you say frisbee tournament, uh, is this fr- like frisbee golf? I've heard about frisbee golf, or is this just uh, this is, like an egg toss where you just stand 10 feet apart and then you can take a step back? <laughs> no, this is competitive frisbee. Like, there's club teams at the university, um, and it's similar to football, I guess you could say. So once once someone would catch a frisbee, they can't move more than a couple steps, and then maybe somebody would be streaking down the field, and they'd throw them the frisbee, and there's parameters for the, for the field, and there's a touchdown area, per se, um, I'm not really a frisbee enthusiast myself. I'm more of an fo- American <laughs> football guy, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It should be a lot of fun. Well, frisbee, sort of a hippie uh, activity. I got to say, it's kind of hippie-ish, and um, you know, Oregon, the entire state has that hippie feel. So that's perfect for you guys to have this frisbee tournament, and um, the whole campus gets involved with this, huh? Definitely, yeah. Like I said, um, all members of Greek Life come out, and. Uh, and like you said, Eugene is definitely more uh, liberal, progressive moving type city, and it kind of brings out that demographic as well as like the Greek community. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Well, that's good that uh, it benefits cystic fibrosis as well. Um, top of your head, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Is there a Facebook page that we can look at to maybe find out more about the Sigma Phi Epsilon Frisbee Tournament at the University of Oregon to benefit cystic fibrosis? Not as of yet. Like I said, we're going to be doing that in the fall okay. next year. Well, we can Google that and look for that in the future. Um, other, I guess, Greek chapters on campus, they do their own philanthropies, and then they want you to be involved and, mm-hmm. and you know, pay the fee to raise money for whatever their cause is. What are some of the other, I guess, fun things happening on campus, some of the other philanthropies that you enjoy looking forward to? Um, well, for instance, I'm just thinking about tonight because I'm actually trying to round up some guys to go to Pi Phi, which is a sorority. They're pie social what's going on tonight so um i've already talked to guys around the house and there's going to be about 15 going over us going over there 15 of us going over there five dollar entry fee all you can eat 
um, Pi Social, and their cause is, I think, literacy, like a literacy foundation. So every chapter, every sorority and fraternity puts one on, and pretty much all of Greek life ends up going out, or at least like 10 members from each house as representatives go out. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to give back, and it's it's fun to be a part of Greek life in that regard. I love it. I was in a fraternity when I was in college, and, and I love uh, learning about these philanthropies because so many times, at least in the national media, the only times we get to hear about fraternities and sororities is when there's something bad that happens. So it's nice to highlight these great stories, good stories, great causes, philanthropies. These college kids in America, they really care about people around them and the environment, especially uh, out here at the University of Oregon. Matt Kern is our guest. And uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you about football out here with the Oregon Ducks. Four BCS Bowls in a row. And maybe some of your greatest memories as a fan being a duck yourself with the football team here my greatest memory to be honest so i went to three three games only last year um just because i didn't end, end up getting a season pass and just being the fan that i am sometimes it's tiring being at the game the whole time because you're standing up prior to the game everybody's you know tailgating and you know drinking and whatnot and sometimes it's it's fun to be able to just watch the game for all that it's worth like on a screen like with your friends and be able to like actually like take in the game but as far as my best memory it's kind of funny and I'm not sure if I were to look back at this interview I would necessarily agree with what I'm about to say but my <laughs> best my best memory was actually a loss against USC but we should have won the game our kicker missed a field goal. It was heartbreaking, but it was so thrilling, and, like, I was engaged the whole time, and it's just always fun at Austin, and even though it was a loss, it was... Well, that's, you're, you're an interesting guy. That's the first time somebody said, oh, my favorite game was when we lost to USC. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, we're <laughs> no, going to get them. We're going to get them. All right, well, Matt Kern, we appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck with your philanthropy, and uh, I'm sure the people with cystic fibrosis are very happy that you're working for them. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.